0: This is the Delivery Space podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change, or transformation, we've got some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you those insights and experiences that you don't get from a book. Welcome, it's Sharon and Nisha. This is our episode on successful stakeholder management. Hi, Nisha. Hey, Sharon, how are you doing? Really good, thank you. So Nisha, getting involvement and buy-in from stakeholders and users is critical to the success of the project, isn't it? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This can make or break it. This is the gold card to making sure that that project succeeds.
0: So working in the delivery space, how have you dealt with stakeholders who perhaps aren't as involved as they should be? So first of all, I've tried to map
1: out the stakeholders that need to be involved um, and that's by speaking to various people across the business. So uh, as a scrum master, as a project manager, that's one of the key things that you need to be able to do uh, to make sure that what you're delivering can um, can meet the stakeholders' expectations. And sometimes, yes, you're right, you do find that there are stakeholders who perhaps have A really intense schedule, um, you know, that's preventing them from getting as involved. So what I do try to do is organise one-to-one sessions with stakeholders to explain what we're trying to achieve, understand how they fit in, understand the capacity that they've got. Do the the usual, the things that we take for granted that we actually do, and and you'll understand exactly what I mean when I say this. Like, try and assess the level of influence, um, you know, the level of interest that that stakeholder has. Uh, at the risk of repeating, what is their stake in that actual project that you're delivering? What is their stake, um, in it? What do they want to be able to get out of it? You know, what do they stand to benefit from? really get a good understanding from that. If they have that packed schedule, it's to really work with them to try and understand if they can delegate to somebody that can perhaps feed back to them for rapid decision-making. If you're working using um agile um, methods um, and let's say you're using scrum as a framework then you want to be able to get the stakeholder excited about what you're delivering get the stakeholder excited about what the team is actually producing let them know that you know there will be increments where they can attend the sprint demo and that's so important isn't it that they can get involved
0: and ask questions
1: Absolutely. So once a technical demo, um, technical foundation has been sorted out um, for the project, then um, they can actually come and attend the, uh, the retrospective sessions, the demo sessions, um, so that they can be more part of the team. Um, there is also no reason if a stakeholder is willing for them to be part of uh, the time when you're forming the team uh and setting up a working agreement where the stakeholder can be present and actually communicate to the team what their expectations are. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be um no barriers between the delivery team, the way I see it and the stakeholder. Uh the project manager, the scrum master doesn't always have to be the broker.
0: I agree with that. And that's yeah r- totally right agreeing. that's from a PMO angle. Yeah. Like you said, it's about taking away those barriers. Any stakeholder can be involved, ask questions, and it just supports um, the collaboration and understanding of what the stakeholder wants and needs. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And also having that regular contact with that stakeholder or with a a really good delegate um, to the team if the stakeholder is really busy helps the team in understanding where there is a shift in Um, perhaps in the stakeholders priorities if that occurs I think that's that's really important in the environments we're working with things can change uh, quite quickly so you know having that um, that connection can really help Um, yeah so those techniques that I've used to um, you know to actually have that personal connection with stakeholders getting them excited um, about what the team is delivering letting them know that there is a behind me, there is a team that's willing to, um, you know, uh, work and and give them the results that they need um, and giving them that reassurance that there will be that uh, that two-way feedback between them and the delivery team has gone a long way to either make the stakeholders uh, free up some time or make sure that there um, is a way in which we've got, um, you know, some Um, delegates that have been brought into the picture if the stakeholder is not available yeah
0: and I think that's that's really important so you know sometimes the stakeholder isn't always available but if there's a delegate (laughs) that's empowered and like you've described brought in you know they will also be equally as invested in the delivery
1: yeah absolutely Sharon, the way I've worked with PMO in the past has been really helpful in unlocking those communication channels with stakeholders. Can you share with our listeners what tools and techniques that you use uh, to help PM, Scrum Masters manage those stakeholder relationships? Sure.
0: So I think, um, you know, when you've got a, a variety of stakeholders, it is really important to have some governance around this, particularly where we've got stakeholders that sit outside of the organization too. So putting together a stakeholder plan and a comms plan can really help get to understand who your key stakeholders are. So you need to have an understanding, first of all, of what each stakeholders roles and responsibilities are and how um, they kind of translate to the project in question. What is it that they need from you? You know, what are they looking to get? How frequently are they looking to get it? And then you really have to keep the work visible so they can remain invested. So I think you've described earlier that you can open up um, certain things like the retro or the stand up to your stakeholders to keep them invested, keep them interested so they know what's going on. And, you know, they can keep abreast of the delivery. So I'll definitely say to spend some time at the outset, knowing who your stakeholders are, what their preferred comms approach is, is very important as well. So you may have some stakeholders who actually prefer a phone call. Other stakeholders, you know, may prefer email or a team's meeting. So understand how they want to be um, communicated with, and this will just help facilitate you know, bringing it, in it together and making sure that they are invested in the project. So I think those are my key tips, Nisha. So Nisha, I um, know in the environments that we both work in, typically we'll, we will have some stakeholders that sit outside of the organization, particularly when we're dealing with different suppliers. So what kind of tips can you give on how we manage these stakeholders? Is there a difference?
1: Yes, because certain suppliers won't be immediately aware of your the intricacies of the, your ways of working. They may not have a relationship yet with the delivery team. Um, so in order to have that predictable quality, Delivery from suppliers, there really needs to be that rock solid relationship. Um, and that's why uh, there needs to be really a supplier buy in um, to make sure that they are attending governance meetings, for example, to make sure the right levels of governance are there, supplier buy in into what you're trying to achieve. And and this can all be um, determined during like the invitation to tender and the procurement stages, sure. But with um, an implementation team that's brought forward from a supplier, that that good day-to-day relationship really has to be fostered. And I think that's usually done by making sure that there is, a, again, a working agreement that's put in place between the delivery team and the supplier. So, for example, a supplier might be working using a waterfall method, whereas your internal uh, delivery team may be using Scrum, let's say, um, you know as as their delivery framework now if they have a working agreement to be able to understand the dependencies the handoffs based on the nature of what they're delivering technically that all needs to be agreed um you know up front so that uh, there is that that level of agreed exchange um also i think it's important in in that kind of scenario as well where suppliers you know should not um should not be afraid to actually you know attend the uh, sprint demos that need to be put in place um after all it is demonstrating part of their delivery of a product so you know um that would be really cool to actually get them in and invited to those sessions as well so they can be part of a project There, I've worked in environments where it's it's worked so beautifully that you don't know who within a delivery team because we've been co-located you don't know who's an internal uh, team member as opposed to um, a supplier team member embedded within your delivery team you know they're both um invested they're both really enthusiastic about what you 're trying to deliver um, and that that relationship can work very well it all depends on the um the communication structure that has been put in place and fostered right from the exec level all the way to uh, you know the the delivery teams and how the delivery teams are actually managed um, and and that level of communication that's fostered. In my mind, it's worked best when there's more of a collegiate relationship between the two. I got some really good advice from one of my managers that I used to work with. And that has been, if you're having to refer back to your contract, Um, every single time there is a bit of a difference of opinion with a supplier or a uh, supplier presents an alternative way of doing things then really that relationship needs to be cemented more you need to work Mm -hmm. harder at building that relationship Um, because that relationship could needs to come first and foremost especially when you're dependent on delivery.
0: Yeah I, I agree with that and like you say if you're having to refer back to the contract every single time I guess that's a sign that the relationship isn't a healthy one hmm.
1: yeah it's a really good sign of sportsmanship if you identify things that are not working and you can resolve mm. them you know and also if you have that correct representation um, from a supplies organization into your governance meetings that can really 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 help to create visibility um, of the work that's being done or issues that need to be highlighted yeah, totally agree Sharon, as PMO, when project managers, scrum masters are not able to attend those governance meetings, you're often our voice um, in terms of um, giving a true picture as to what is happening on that project. Um, How do you communicate those messages during governance meetings and and make the reporting come
0: alive to stakeholders? So I think um, first and foremost, you need to understand um, what each stakeholder is expecting and what they're invested in. So you can make sure that you're making each point um, salient to them and that you're relating it in in a way in which they understand. So understand what the value metrics are that they are expecting you to report on and make sure that you relate everything back to that. Um, That will enable them to digest that information a lot easier. Also, don't assume that the stakeholder knows every bit of detail that you do. So think about how you're communicating it. Think about the choice of words and make sure you're positioning it in in, in a way in which they can really understand that information. Um, Mm. I also like to frame it in terms of outcomes and results. So, you know, we've identified this issue or this risk, and this is what it means in terms of the outcomes and results. Because after all, we're all working together together to deliver um, some kind of value metric um, within this environment. So rather than it just being, you know, kind of static words in a report, I think we can really help bring it to life, raise it up a level and show how it translates to delivering that business value. So, um, yeah, definitely try and think about the choice of words, the language that's been used. Don't make any assumptions. People probably aren't as close to the detail as you are. And, you, you know, you need to make sure that you're positioning things in a way in which is clear to your customer. Um, The other thing I'd say is remember that PMO um, does have an independent voice. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a seat at that table. People can look to you to provide that independent assurance and your own perspective. So by being involved in um, some of those meetings such as retros, daily stand-ups, if it's scrum, um, even the continuous improvement um, meetings, you can um, identify things and report things back to the board in which they probably wouldn't have visibility of. So use that independent channel as well to add to the value and the, uh, the positive delivery. I like it. So Nisha, what are your key takeaways?
1: For successful stakeholder management, I would say to be able to Explain to stakeholders, first and foremost, why their engagement is important to the project. Understand from them what they want to be able to get out of the project and what you're delivering. Um, Understand the impact to their area within the organisation. If there is a lack of involvement, try and figure out why they're only human they may have an intense schedule which is preventing them try and see if you can get a delegate involved for that rapid decision making that you may need Um, failing that ask them what level of um, involvement that they can actually commit to so rather than you know being able to turn up to every other stand up um you know is it possible for them to turn up to a stand-up once a week, if that's what, you, that's what is needed? Um, or a one-to-one chat with the scrum master so they can get regular updates, for example. Ask if they can provide um, that level of support that you need um, on a day-to-day basis. So be upfront with, well, with your ask um, and th- that way that communication is, is very clear with them. With regards to suppliers and stakeholders within suppliers, um, if if it's a fresh new supplier, then you're going to have to, as a project manager or a scrum master, pedal hard. To cultivate that great relationship with them, so that you know, they are brought into your ways of working, you're clear on what those handoffs are on both sides, and that relationship is really optimum for you to be honest about that quality of delivery on both sides, your side and to the supplier side. So that that has to be a, a flourishing and a very open relationship that has to be in place. Agree hit me with your share. Uh,
0: so for me I think um, definitely come up with some kind of stakeholder management and comms plan that will be critical in really getting to understand the roles and responsibilities of your stakeholder what their preferred comms style is what they're wanting to get from you so make sure you spend some upfront time doing that. I'd then say you can also have a multi-pronged approach to this. So you can use other people to kind of help influence your stakeholder. So, you know, if you prepare well ahead of certain meetings, you can discuss what you want the outcomes to be with, um, you know, projects and program manager and get together and collaboratively and position things in the right way. Listening skills are important, so listen and understand uh, what each stakeholder wants to get out of things and what their objectives are. You can then make sure that you align um, everything to an outcome and to a metric and speak the same language as your stakeholder. And then finally, I'd say, you know, don't give up. sometimes things don't work smoothly straight away change and adapt be open and get support if needed i like that i i particularly
1: like your point about making sure that there is some sort of a comms plan present yeah um to define a level of engagement without going too heavy on um Providing documentation I tend to do a lot of that stakeholder analysis in my head you know when you're first trying to uh, set up a project and you're on that pipe yes. ramp up right um, so but having something in there you know um, as a as a good stakeholder map um, where you're defining that is I think is, is super useful especially between um, a scrum master project manager and a PMO. It
0: really is um, and it just helps Set up that structure so everybody knows what they're expecting from one another and the optimum way in which to do that. Yeah, thanks Sharon.
1: Thanks for watching and listening everyone. We'll be exploring some topics that we've raised today in more depth in the coming series. Look out for our next video. Thank you. Bye. Bye.